welcome to the Now There's a Thought podcast. Today, a podcast host, a pastor, and two healthcare scientists walk into a bar for an experiment. And no, I don't mean the drinks. As usual, it's not actually a bar, it's my kitchen, but it contains beer and good company, so it is close enough. Welcome to the Now There's a Thought bar. I'm afraid you'll have to buy your own drinks. Welcome to the Now There's a Thought Bar, and this is the first time we've had two guests at once, which is incredibly exciting, and if this bar gets any more popular, I might have to think about licensing it. (laughs) So, my name is Louise, I'll be hosting the podcast as usual, as always, joined by Andy Wadhams, pastor of Gallery Church in Birmingham. Hello, this is I, uh, reporting for duty. Okay, I hope... I hope it's not too much of a duty problem for you. It's no, this is not dutiful behaviour. This is a joy. Oh, I'm actually here oh. on my day off. I know, I incredible. Know. Yeah, I'm in town and just cannot wait to record this podcast. <laughs> we best make it enjoyable for you. So pressure, pressure on our guests. Yes, loads uh, of it. Yeah. Welcome to Matt and Devinda Gardner. Hello. Ooh. Hello. Thank you. How are you doing? <laughs> It's, it's far hard to get a studio crowd noise, isn't it? Yeah. With so, four people in the room. So sorry Maybe we should felt, invite more people. Yeah, if that felt like a golf clap, that is no... We, <laughs> you are highly revered. Oh. But still. <laughs> we'll get the budget for some canned laughter at some point, yes. won't you? Yeah, I can put on different voices. Oh, I can't, actually, but I can yeah. give it a go. Really. You should never have said that as we've got going. <laughs> in your best Scottish accent, please answer. <laughs> Uh, and so you guys are also known as the Faith Experiment. That's your project, but it is essentially the two of you. Ooh. That's right. Brilliant. It sounds very grand, doesn't it, the it Faith is. Experiment? Mm. Like, I'm so curious. It could be a film. Yeah. It could be a band. Yeah. And it's Matt and Davinda, because it- all of the best couples have monikers. <laughs> like Bosch and Bex, you know, Brangelina. Very good. I just feel like Professor Brian Cox is going to be fronting it, really, and you guys will be like ever bitter that he took it on and took it to the BBC. But it was, but you started the whole thing. We oh. did, yeah. And um, he, he'll try and get wonder in a few more times because I think that's the word he says most of all, isn't it? Probably, but you've wonder. got to do it in a specific accent. Yeah, I can't do. It. I'd love to. Now you do voices. Um, I, just, <laughs> I don't know where I picked that one from, but uh, can you do Professor Brian Cox? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> so his, his hair's too good as well, you know. Yeah. Too, far too good. I think Matt might be able to have a go. Matt's got quite good hair. He though. has. Yeah, the listeners won't see it. Matt's very healthy. Yeah, so I'll, have to, I'll have to try that one time, yes. It, actually, it was commented on at the last um, event we did where um, I, I had to do my best Chris Whitty impression. I'd ask, my next slide, please. And the, <laughs> the, first, the first heckle that came from the audience is, you've got too much hair for that. <laughs> you've, got, you've got lovely hair. If I was doing a shampoo commercial, mm-hmm. I'd think... This guy, this mm. guy, even for lady shampoo, it's thick and lush. Well, this is, we know what's going to happen next now. We're going to talk about the faith experiment today and then some other time we can have Matt on and discuss hair care and the biology yeah, bonus, of hair. Bonus content. a different strand oh what's he done there what's he done oh so quick we're extra excited for this episode um which is partially because we've been waiting a long time to get you both on it's not worked out with the timetables for a while really excited to have you here also excited about what you do but i have to admit that i'm quite excited mostly because uh this is basically our games and your games in a podcast. <laughs> and we will get to some serious talky bits, and I know you've got plenty of great thoughts for us. Um, but I'm just very excited about silly games. How do you feel about silly games, Andy? I love a silly game. I think we've got to inject a lot of joy. But I don't. Under- we've had a lot of kind of visiting scientists from around the, the UK and yeah. the globe, um, and you guys being more Midlands-based, we finally got to get you on. But I have no idea what you do, and that it even involves games. Yeah, so 
we are, as we mentioned earlier, as you mentioned earlier, the faith experiment. So mm. for us, the main thing about the science and faith debate is that we, we know there's really good coverage sort of at that higher academic level. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, some of the people you've interviewed, for example, are brilliant and, you know, brilliant at kind of standing in that sort of science faith area and sort of speaking into their expertise. But I think what we thought would be good, what we thought we could add to is essentially communicating certain key issues of that. Mm. So things like, oh, what about evolution? What about the Genesis account? Yeah, yeah. But communicating it to sort of your every person at church mm. level, people that don't have that scientific background, people that might not be confident with science. So yeah. we start basic and we sort of say, what science do you need to know? And then we do that through games. And then once they've got that knowledge and they're a bit more confident, then we can talk a bit more about, okay, so is there a conflict here? Mm. What approaches have we taken? What approaches can you take to think about it? Again, because we know that um, every christian at some point in their life is going to be asked what about the dinosaurs um, sure. it was one of the first things um i had at work when i start talking about oh i'm a christian someone said straight away so oh i don't see how the dinosaurs quite fit into that and we know that people are going to ask these questions so we wanted to try and help equip christians who don't have a scientific background but yet are going to find themselves being asked scientific questions and needing to defend their faith so we wanted to equip them with those arguments in a non-threatening accessible fun kind of way that you don't have to have a science degree to pick something up from the faith experiment and who doesn't love a game who doesn't well love absolutely a game? Yeah. uh lou the perfect guests they are aren't for, they for the perfect <laughs> podcast yeah, yeah. We're all about that, making it accessible, because what we've come to understand is most of the UK, most of the world, are not professors. Uh, Mm. (laughs) Mind blown. (laughs) And so actually, if we can, you know, take somebody's approach and, and should we say, filter it down and out there in an accessible way. So that's really cool. Perfect guess. Good choice, Louise. I know, right? Yeah. Thought we'd get, get get them in to chat too. Um, And probably start with one of our silly games, but a bit of a twist right because we're used to only having one guest and we have the luxury of having two and you are also a married couple so it seems only appropriate that we instead of just doing our normal quick fire intro questions that we do a mr and mrs version now there's a thought mr and mrs dot com forward slash questions.html let's have a look then okay so i've got some questions for you normally it's like who are you what you're up to kind of thing but we found a little bit about that haven't we you know which was good so we're going to find out about you guys as a couple okay all right and so basically you're kind of facing each other you say me or you so for example question one might be who and you have to answer at the same time who is the most organized me you Okay, all right, we got that, Matt. Okay, this is good. It works for the listener too. We're always thinking of you. All right, okay, so here we go. Next one then. Um, Who always wins the argument? Me. You. (laughs) This is good. We're on the same page. Who has the most common sense? Me. You. Okay, all right, all right. This is a good couple, power couple. I'm not coming out well here. (laughs) We're agreeing well, but. (laughs) Okay, well, you could get this right. Who is the laziest? Me. You? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that was really nice. You said it in a question mark. Kind of, yeah. Do you agree with this yeah. that I'm putting yeah. forward? And fortunately, he said me. Okay. <laughs> Who is the better dancer? You. Ooh. Yeah, go on, me. <laughs> it, I say that because we are both 
awful. So okay. we're on there. Normally at the end of the night, you know, Starship Troopers come on and we're just there, no, just we, like we, throwing we, limbs no, around. We had a dance-off at our wedding and it was universally concluded that you won. But it was a Bangra dance-off, so that's not really fair. So um, for those who don't know, um, I'm of Punjabi uh, background and Bangra is obviously a big sort of central thing in the Punjabi culture. So at our wedding, they did a Bangra dance-off and... Yeah. Yeah, of course I was going to win. <laughs> <laughs> of course I was. <laughs> I do now really want to see video footage of Matt doing Bangra there. <laughs> he does a few, uh, what was it, uh, screw the light bulb, pat the dog. Yes, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, foundational moves, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. Foundational yeah. moves, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, one of the best weddings I ever went to was a Sikh wedding, uh, which was about three weeks long, uh, about four events long. And the dancing was electric, and mm. the drums were so loud. Back to the quiz. Back to the quiz. Um, who's the better dancer? Yeah. Okay. And the next one is. Mm, we have to take our time here now. Matt, what does Davinda do first in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> Not very much. <laughs> That's a very polite answer. <laughs> Davinda likes her sleep. <laughs> but uh, as soon as it gets to 12 o'clock in the afternoon, she's busy. Uh, Davinda, what does Matt do first thing in the morning? Tries to wake me up. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, this feels so familiar. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, normally, I think, if, I think if you gave the honest answer to what I do first thing in the morning, it's probably some kind of Chewbacca reminiscent noise <laughs> for a while. Yes. And yeah. So you're very polite, thank you. He is. <laughs> um, okay, uh, and Davinda, what is Matt's go-to alcoholic beverage? Ooh, so Matt generally likes a whiskey, um, mm, okay. particularly like a Highland malt. Mm. Yeah, he's a big yeah, fan of the... Yeah, yeah. Glen, well, are we, we going to plug them? Or, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Glen something. But I that's love, all that much. I would love us to suffer a lawsuit. I mean, <laughs> people are listening. It would be superb. Yeah, oh. That's what we need, actually. That's just what you're sponsored by, Highland Whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's your go-to, I think. Uh, and that, what's Davinda's go-to? Uh, it's, it's the same, actually. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, you guys, that's lovely. <laughs> and um, favourite holiday you've ever taken together? Mexico. Mexico, I think. Um, yes, absolutely. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like a dream. And final one, if you could live anywhere apart from the UK in the world, where would you live, Matt? Oh, interesting. Anywhere in the world. You put me on the spot here. Mm. I did. Yeah, we went to... Um, yeah, we, we've we've done a holiday to Iceland, and I absolutely oh, loved it, yeah. and it was beautiful. Um, I'm just I'm not sure I could in, handle it in the winter when it's cold and dark all the way through. It's the a day. long winter, isn't it? It is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, although, so I did really enjoy being there in the time of year we were there because obviously yeah. it was still cold, but it was fine, and mm. the sun did come up and this kind of thing. I'm, oh, the winter would be difficult though. So, I think I will I will settle on Iceland. Though. Okay. Yes. All right. But to be confirmed. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would add on that that I would if I had if I knew I wasn't going to ruin the earth doing it um, I would have half the year in Iceland and half the year in New Zealand I'd winter in New Zealand Whoa. to make sure I really always got away from the winter Very that's good. clever so, yeah. okay yeah you'd need that I think yeah and then you'd be ready for Iceland again yes. and there's a great way of doing that without you, you could row a boat yeah you know there's a few <laughs> small few small bits of water to go through yeah. Yeah. but you could do it and the, I think, the earth would I think be fine. a, a one woman kayak would be ideal for that situation <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. yes. yes yes and you could pull Matt along in a dinghy <laughs> yeah. with, with his summer clothes in the back I think we've done it well thanks very much for playing the wonderful game 
now there's a thought, Mr. and Mrs. dot com forward slash questions dot html. All right, let's talk a little bit more about the faith experiment. And um, intro from my side as well, because I came recently to one of your taster events. And you were talking about kind of getting people involved who wouldn't normally. And we literally, I mean, people sitting next to me were going, I hate science. I don't know why I'm here. I can't do this. (laughs) Whilst contributing really well to the discussion, which is fantastic. Um, And we had, it was a whole mix of people in the room, Mm. wasn't it? And you're saying, you know, for the average person at church, but many of these people were not the average person at church because they were simply not people at church. Mm, yes. Um, so it was a brilliant oh, mixture I, of people. I saw that on the old Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people who had in one moment said, I don't enjoy science, not yeah. politely and kindly, <laughs> but then had loads to offer to the discussion. Yeah. Do you find that? Is that what happens when you guys are doing your thing? Yeah, I yes, think we do. We do. I think we can we can get people because um, yeah, we try and keep it informal and play games and this kind of thing. We always open with some kind of game or something like that, just to kind of or a discussion or a discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah just to get yeah. people talking to each other on their tables and that kind of thing. And um, I think it was it was one of the most encouraging pieces of feedback we ever got from one of our previous taster events was someone who said that you know we we'd managed to make. Uh, what was the wording they used? They said, we, we've managed to make the science faith discussion accessible to the ordinary church member, Come on, uh, which we were really, really happy about. Um, so, yeah, we do, we do find that, yeah, you don't you don't need to have a science background necessarily to want to talk about scientific issues because mm. they affect um, so much of our lives these days mm. in terms of, you know, the communications, the healthcare, all the incredible applications of science that we have now. Because obviously, I mean, no matter how much you like or dislike science, a lot of people obviously have experienced various challenges of the pandemic, for example, where, you know, a lot of us were sort of um, inducted into the science of that, weren't we, with the, you Mm. know, the the daily briefings and so on. So even those who perhaps didn't enjoy science at school, there's an amount of scientific knowledge and generally opinions on various scientific advances in their minds. So I think certainly in our first session, we unpack that a little and get them people to discuss. So, okay, what good things are science done what mm. ba- even and on the flip side what bad things are science done right yeah and yeah. so i think everyone's got something to bring to that discussion and they quite enjoy it as well yeah. don't they that's good yeah, yeah that's yeah. so inclusive i really like that and of course every, you may not be a scientist but everyone's got questions mm. you know which Absolutely. is of course the root of all science you know how what what when so good stuff yeah yes yeah. and i love that you bridge that confidence barrier as well because we don't mm. have a scientific background either of us no but uh, yeah keep trying to give me honorary doctorates but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're quite happy to you know sit here and ask questions and yeah. I think a lot of people good. they don't feel like they can mm. do that they need to be invited and i'm really impressed with mm. how you're getting people to to feel able to do that so Let's have a bit of a look at what you actually do in order All to do right, that. I okay. think you've got a live experiment for us. Yeah. I do, yes. Do we say, are you going to be the I'm victim? I'm going to be the victim okay. because, okay. Um, as we've ascertained sort of pre-recording, I'm much clumsier than that. So <laughs> um, the success rate with this, for me, is slightly less than with that. So when, when you say si- experiment and victim, 
Um, <laughs> how? What's going on here? Just talk oh. about how welcoming you are in your sessions. <laughs> <laughs> we normally don't use the term victim when we, we sort of we say volunteer. Yeah, <laughs> it's subject. Yes. Subject. We, yeah, yeah, we we normally use subject. the term volunteer very loosely because somebody always points at someone and go them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, the volunteer. Yeah. So I guess we're gonna have to. Uh, yes, yeah, so I will have this, to. Um, I might need an narrator to kind of help me with this because I might okay, have to go and talk. stand next to Davinda for this. I can okay, talk right. about what Matt's doing. So what we've got is a jug of water, a glass, and Matt is now going to pour the jug of water into the glass. Through a J-cloth. Through a J-cloth. Through that's a J-cloth. an important part. So I, We can confirm that is happening. Yeah, that's yeah. a real J-cloth. Yeah, yeah, and the water's pouring through as you'd expect it to. Yes. And now what the next thing Matt's going to do is keep the J-cloth and pull it taut... And then put an elastic around it. So now you've got the glass of water that's yeah. now got a cover of the J-cloth. Jam jar vibe. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. It looks just like a jam jar. Oh, no. What's going on here? So Matt is now using the help of a Frisbee so the water doesn't get chucked everywhere. Righty-ho. He's going to turn this glass upside down and I believe he's going to put it over my head. Yeah. This is happening. What do, you, what do we think is going to happen? Well, the water ought to come out through the J-cloth. Yeah. And I ought to get a good old soaking, shouldn't I? Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. What? Ah, I'm, I'm oh. very grateful for my uh, for the equipment here, not getting covered in water. So when I say it should come out through a J cloth, I did kind of know that. that yeah. Wasn't gonna... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't but... know that. Oh, I, yeah. I'm learning. I'm transported back to year eight science when the when the teacher did the bucket windmill water thing. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Here we go. So we use this essentially to talk a little about. Science and its explanatory power. Yeah. So, so but you, but there's a big moment there. Yeah. In, in showbiz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in yeah, showbiz. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's then holding this water over your head, and it's not going on your head. And everyone's like, "Is it a magic trick or what?" Absolutely. And that's the moment. Yeah. And that happened, and we're like, "Wow." Yeah. So, and then you explain off the back of it. We do. We explain the science behind it. Um, I can do that now if absolutely. you like. Yeah. yeah. So. Remember, I'm listening. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. So. First things first, have you ever belly flopped into a pool? Yes, yes. I've also done Olympic standard dives, but uh, yeah, belly, flip, belly flop as well. Belly flops are the mm. majority of my interactions in swimming <laughs> pools, as well. <laughs> whether I want them to be or not. But how do you find it when you land into the pool? How does it feel? Pretty painful. Yeah, yeah it hurts, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that's because there's a property of bodies of water called surface tension, where essentially the top layer forms almost like a solid when it's impacted on. No. So okay. that's why that hurts. And that's what's happening here. We've turned the glass of water upside down, but because we've done it on the Frisbee yeah. and we've got the J-cloth, essentially there's a seal oh. of water, that surface tension, that stops the rest of the water coming through. Now, you'll have seen that Matt tipped the glass very slightly and water started coming out. Right. So the surface tension yeah. has broken at that point and the water starts to come through. But if you keep it flat, no water comes through. Uh, yeah, it keeps the integrity of this surface. T- oh, Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and we, we use that to open up a bit of a discussion about how there are these things that you might not expect that, you know, we expect the person who's sitting under a glass of water to get very, very wet. Yeah. Um, but we can do a little bit of science on this and show that actually in very simple things, science can start to explain things that look a bit weird and a bit mysterious. And we know that for hundreds of years, there were things that we take for granted now, like the ability to send a message across the world almost mm. instantaneously yeah. that 
not even probably less than a hundred years ago, people that would have been just miraculous. Yeah, that would yeah, have been yeah. utterly impossible. And it, I think for us, it opens up a bit of a discussion about if science can explain that, and then we can apply science and do these things. Will there ever come this time that we can explain absolutely everything mm. just using science? Yeah. And do we minimise God then? Does God become something that's not needed? Because mm. actually now everything's explained. So mm. we use that to kind of open up that discussion. That was, the, that was the Hadron Collider narrative, wasn't it? Which I thought was a bit of a shame because I thought, brilliant, and look what we're doing. And yeah. then why does that have, you know, it doesn't seem fair on the Hadron Collider to say that's its story. We've now minimising God. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, and just to bridge that kind of instinct that we have a lot of the time to just go okay god can explain these bits that i can't mm. but actually we if we can explain them that doesn't mean that god's not there it means that god has a different role in it Very yes good. absolutely and i think mm. we have to be quite i know um we've come across in a few different guises the idea that those things you can't explain it's god yeah. but then of course we could get to a stage where yeah, if, yeah. if we can explain a lot of stuff then where where's god in that and it's absolutely right what you mm. say that it's more about God has a different role in everything as opposed to, oh, well, he's in the stuff that's unexplained. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Good. and you can talk about, you know, one of the, because you guys are healthcare scientists, I guess one of the times that comes up is when you're like, well, we've cured this person using healthcare science, <laughs> yeah. but God gave us the science to do it, and that doesn't mm. make it less miraculous. It just means we know what the process was. Wow. Absolutely, yeah. I think I had someone ask me recently, um, sorry, a bit of a, a tangent, but uh, said about, if someone was seeking um, or in a position where they needed medical help, should they be some, you know, should they seek medical help? Or what, what about if they felt like God didn't want them to and that right. kind of thing? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. It's, it's interesting, actually, because then I'd go back to an argument like yours, which is for the professional who's involved and speaking for myself as a Christian. Well, I guess my role or sort of my what I feel God's saying to me in that is, well, actually, as a Christian, you're commanded to care for the sick and mm. the vulnerable and all of it. So yeah. I have no problems in my role applying that scientific knowledge to help a person. Um, I suppose, yeah, what that person seeking that healthcare might feel is a different yeah, story. But yeah. yeah, Well, as a pastor, you know, I don't think we see that discussion as much nowadays, but certainly we did and some people mm. still carry it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to... I'm not going to. I'm going to believe God in faith for my healings. And we there are reports from all over the world of miraculous healings. Mm. But also, if you can get help and physical, practical, medical help, then we should. So as mm. always is both, you know. We pray and we seek medical professionals. <laughs> and, of course, the, the care that you guys will be able to offer was miraculous 200, from 200 years ago, yeah. you know. And so people say, why would you not take that? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. 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 Mm. Agree. Very cool. Brilliant. Next topic, you've got another game for us. You've got a game specifically for Andy we because did. I played it before yes. and it loses some impact. Okay, <laughs> all right. Are we still playing the our, our game as well? I'm just trying I... to work out if I'm going to be a whipping boy twice here. <laughs> oh, uh, well, we, we now have two guests to play off against one another. Hallelujah! <laughs> 
I'm, now I'm totally up for this. You can, honestly, you can make a fool of me, and if you don't, I'll make a fool of myself. So here we go. What's this game? This, this is a very simple game. Right. Oh, good. Oh, the, rule, the rules are simple. The application is a right. little bit more complicated, as we found. So this is how we open up the discussion around the Genesis accounts. We have ah. a couple of different cards. Um, for purposes of time, I might just stick to the biblical account on this occasion. Sure. But yeah. we've got the Genesis order of creation the events oh, that no. occurred okay. Uh, okay. we also have the scientific account which uh, we put alongside each other normally yes. uh, we ask people if they can put these in oh, the correct order no. Pastor as loses can... his job on podcast <laughs> however I can, I can reassure you on this one so over the since we've uh, come up with this game we've played it with probably around, around 300 people by now I would yeah. say um, less than 10% of people get it right first time and also interestingly we've yet to encounter a minister or a pastor who's got this right first time <laughs> It's never oh. happened, so okay. no pressure, but mm. you could be the first pastor to get this game right first time. This is time. good. This, yeah. I like the way you framed that. Thank you yeah. so much. <laughs> you moved it from failure to opportunity. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, lovely. I can see how people enjoy spending time with Right, we've got sea creatures. We've got land creatures. We've got humans. We've got land. And as I'm, I'm just putting these down, air creatures. Brilliant phrase. Uh, <laughs> sky. Okay. Vegetation, oh, okay. <laughs> Sun, moon, and stars, and light, which, yes, which you know. Okay, so I'm just now, for, for the sake of the listener, I'm I'm moving these cards around a table to the order which I think they uh, appear in, uh, as per the beautiful biblical account slash writings. Um, so I'm just going to double check here. In order, because one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine cards, and I've got light, land, sky, sun, moon, and stars, vegetation, not broccoli, that's a mutant thing, <laughs> <laughs> land creatures, air creatures, sea creatures, humans. That is it. Once more for the listener. Light, land, sky, sun, moon, stars, vegetation, land creatures, air creatures, sea creatures and humans. And this is probably my last appearance as a pastor <laughs> on this show. Okay. Davinda, would you like to give the right answers? Okay. Go. So light is correct. All right. Oh, that's good. That's fundamental. So I'm glad I got that. Good. Next is sky. Oh, my heavens. Above. So just a little Literally. swap. So just land and sky need to swap there. Okay, we swap those. Yep, yep. Okay. So those first two, first three are right now. Okay. Your fourth one mm. is vegetation. Oh, I hate vegetation. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's the broccoli it got you. I, I yeah. had the some broccoli got you. Yeah, it came yeah. back. Yeah. It was right until I said that. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're moving that next. Land, vegetation. And then it's the sun, moon and stars. No way, is it really? It is, oh. yeah, after vegetation. There you go, because people love to say, All right, how come I was light before the sun? You know, that's Absolutely, a Absolutely, yeah. yeah. All right. And then we have... Sea creatures. Oh, you're joking. I couldn't, have got, I couldn't have got this more wrong, really. I got a general vibe, didn't I? <laughs> I was going to say, the general flow was good. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. And that's great for biblical accuracy. Generally, he was right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's what you want from your pastor. But we've got that on the church website. Yeah, generally, they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. sea creatures. 
And then the rest you've got... Air creatures, land creatures, humans. That's right, yeah. All right, so just for the listener, light, sky, land, vegetation, sun, moon and stars, sea creatures, air creatures, land creatures and humans. Yeah. Good so, stuff. Uh, just to confirm, I wasn't the first minister to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> but grouped correctly. Like, yeah. Robin was at the wrong end of the table. It was vibey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, what we use this for is firstly it's quite a nice icebreaker because I think at our last session and the various sessions before I mean we had a table full of ministers working together on this one (laughs) who got it wrong how many new denominations did you get off the back of that um, workshop (laughs) well I believe this well I'm going to start my own I believe this one (laughs) (laughs) the People's Republic of Judea formed out of nowhere (laughs) yeah what's really good about it though is that it, it, it causes that to be broken because everyone a lot lot of people and actually Louise was one of the and her table were one of the people to get it right my whole table let's not put that on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no way your table got it right the table that got it right oh so good all right brilliant so and interestingly because there were eight people on that it was the eight eight people on that table uh previously only three people had got it right so you actually (laughs) tripled the number of people who got it right in one event it was quite impressive well these are the numbers we want as a corporation yes yeah Yeah. tripled yeah absolutely (laughs) well done yes and team and and yeah the other people on that table (laughs) but what we use this to springboard is a bit of a discussion, particularly when we put this forward with the scientifically understood order of events as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. So straight away, um, one of the things that jumps out at a lot of people is the sun, moon and stars coming so late on. Yes. Ding. And it's a bit, you know, it, it does cause that challenge because mm. it's a bit, well, how could that happen? And this is something, I mean, whilst... For a Christian, it's not going to be the basis of them giving their life to God or not. It mm. might form a stumbling block for those who no, really good yeah. want to trust the Bible and yeah. or, or considering whether to trust the Bible. So mm. that discussion, everyone starts off. Well, most people start off thinking, "Oh, okay, I didn't quite get that." You know, particularly as Christians as well, everyone kind of looks at each other a bit and goes, "Oh, okay." I didn't quite get that right, did I? Mm. Exactly. And everyone starts yeah. in the same place, yeah. and then we can go use that to springboard more of a discussion. Yeah. We, we find it, it it almost kind of quite humbles the audience. I think so. when when a few people have uh, tried that and got it wrong, and they've had a bit of a laugh together, getting yeah. it right or wrong, yeah. and this kind of thing, it kind of it, yeah, they seem to quite enjoy. Even though they've got it wrong, they seem to quite like uh, mm. having that it's process. Camaraderie, to talk isn't to it? Because it. it's yeah. not like a couple of people have got it yeah. wrong. Um, but and then interestingly, where someone once uh, told me off the back of this event when they put the D, the biblical and when we get out the scientific account of creation that actually the agreement there is very good on the whole yes there's a few points where we see those kind of barriers start to come up or i guess what looks like a conflict and then for a lot of people that becomes a barrier to their faith because um before i was a christian when i was a just a healthcare scientist uh, and i was a borderline atheist agnostic type of person it was this kind of it put up a barrier to me to almost just say that well because of these conflicts yeah, I can't look at faith because there's a big barrier in the way. So mm. if we can start to start to break down these barriers, then I think we're getting somewhere and hopefully going to help a lot of people for whom science is a problem. Oh, that's really good. So help me out then. So we've got the light and sun, moon, stars. Mm. Um, and so what happens then? Does everyone leave the room going, I can't believe the Bible's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> we do. Um, and like with a lot of the subject matter we look at, there's not... A straightforward answer we sure, can't yeah. and and we'd never want to send people away saying this is the right way to think oh okay um, that's why i'm going wrong all right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but i think um because i think we found that 
essentially it's good to just kind of give people the evidence the theories and yeah. let them go away and make up their own mind whatever sort so of so you begin to kind of them. unpack that yeah and i think that's really encouraging isn't it because people then it would be hilarious if they did that and then you guys were completely flummoxed and that was at the end of the session but you facing the parent barrier slash contradiction and unpacking it with different answers yes. is super helpful yeah yeah so that's what we do with that anyway mm. brilliant very cool well, the next thing to talk about is your background because we've got to know you a little bit as people, as people, but we haven't talked about what you do, how you got into this, any of that stuff. And Matt, you've just started touching on what your story is and why this is important to you. So perhaps that is the most logical place to go next. You've told us that you weren't always a Christian. Let's start there. Okay, yes. So I, um, I, w- I was raised in, I guess, a, a culturally Christian kind of environment. You know, I was um, christened as a child and all that kind of thing. But it was never a big part of my life. I think I spent a lot of my early life kind of holding God in quite a bit of contempt mm. um, in some ways and thinking, you know, I can work this out. Um, I've got a very scientific mind. I always wanted to do physics in some description. So that's what I did. I went to university. I did physics. Um uh, I wanted to be an astrophysicist. Like, I think ev- everybody who goes to university to do physics, I think, wants to be an astrophysicist. Um, mm-hmm. Then Just putting astro on the front of things makes it feel it cool, does. It makes it, it sound incredible, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I think then uh, I studied astrophysics uh, whilst I was at university. I think, um, yeah, pun intended, I wanted something a bit more down to earth. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to do something a bit more applied. Um, not you know, And I still love astrophysics and I follow it um, more as a... Uh, more as a casual interested person but I don't research it myself Um, I'm much more interested in the kind of applied physics which is how I ended up uh, doing a module in medical physics and then I did a master's in medical physics and did the NHS scientist training program Uh, worked for about five years as a healthcare scientist Mm. um, in radiation safety physics so I try and keep people safe from radiation so we can get the benefits Um, because obviously radiation is used in hospitals to x-ray people and it's used to treat cancer Mm. uh, and it's got these really really good applications but obviously it can be very dangerous Um, so we work in ways of kind of auditing doses to make sure that they are within what we expect them to be Uh, I helped design some of the rooms that Mm. uh, have x-ray equipment in them to try and contain it and look after or rather keep safe the people who are next door in the control rooms or just working in the corridor Um, and Mm. along the way I kind of well met Davinda um, who was a Christian at the time and started grilling you yeah you definitely did (laughs) you had all the questions i did yes were you romantically involved at this point were you just co-workers like um no i think um it was probably once we got because i told you quite early on i was a christian but but we came out quite early yeah yeah so we did we did start dating and Mm -hmm. you know we those questions were very much something that came up quite early as so well, love was it? in the air yes it was. And, <laughs> and a deep grilling of your faith as well yeah yeah, yeah you know so just... how, how all the best yeah. marriages start <laughs> <laughs> so we're here so we're here yeah. and yeah and then um so you davinda kind of casually invited me to church and yeah. uh, at the time the place where i was at was that um you know i'm not really that interested but it's important to her and if we're you know yeah. if we're going to have a relationship i should at least visit and have a bit of an idea of what this is all about yeah, and this kind yeah. of thing 
Um, and then, yeah, got talking to the minister there who pointed me to, um, we're going to have another sponsorship deal here. Uh, there, was, <laughs> there, was a, there was a book, um, Lee Strobel's The Case for Christ. Oh, um, that's a decent one. Yes, yeah, which, yeah. Um, so I uh, was given a copy of that and then I spent about two weeks going through it pretty much line by line trying Crikey. to research oh is this real what he's just said here in this thing and all this and it, it stuck up really well for me it, you know it mm. stood its ground and for me as a kind of evidence-based yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. person I, I like to see there's some evidence this is true that and I kind of agreed with the conclusion that if you can demonstrate that the resurrection happened mm a lot of stuff falls into place yeah, after yeah. that, that um, even if I can't with my physics head on explain how that happened, yeah. but I can bring, you know, you can bring in things like archaeology and philosophy, yeah. that there are other ways to kind of understand what happened and what didn't happen. That I'd say I got to a place where science and archaeology and the things that I, I don't think it proves God exists or it doesn't. Yeah. I think for me, it, gives enough evidence mm. that I can make that decision and take that step. Mm. And then, yeah, I yeah, became a Christian and we've done a lot of very interesting things since then. That's incredible, isn't it? And the, almost the importance of not telling people what to believe, but just saying, by the way, this worldview, this Christian worldview has its merits, by mm -hmm. the way. You know, you may not know that, but it does it does hold what did you say you said it, it held up yes it, hel it, it holds, it holds up. up yes yeah it, or they it tracks as they yes. say nowadays i've mm. noticed in detective shows oh is that, that tracks yeah that tracks yeah. yeah brilliant and then so that's we've got you to a point of being a christian and in the story loudly it was me i was there all along i was yes. just pushing it i wasn't uh, <laughs> So, but we understand now why some of this kind of mm. investigation stuff is important to you yeah, personally. Yeah, yeah. Davinda, you had a different starting point. What's what's your angle on this story? Mm. Yeah, so for me, um, I became a Christian about 10, it would be, yeah, it'd be 10 years ago now. Mm. Um, and it was off the back of a time where I'd had a, a fairly long-term struggle with my mental health. Mm. And I got into a relationship, not with Matt, someone else, Um and this person was a Christian and so what happened originally was that I started having, you know, I started coming to church, but I started like having discussions with Christians. Mm. Generally, to be honest, most of the time I was trying to catch them out, um, asking yeah. them really yeah. sort of oblique, difficult questions that they couldn't generally answer and me going away thinking, yeah, yeah, I'll, on, learn yeah. I'll learn them, I'll learn them, I'll learn them, yeah, yeah. But then... I think I got caught by surprise because I realised that even with winning the arguments, it it wasn't mm. really the answer, and mm. that there was still something more. There was still something that beyond my the brain and intellect that, that my heart, I guess you would say, was yeah. seeking. And so I was kind of caught by surprise, kind of over a period of time, where I just found that I wanted what these people had. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, my journey was a lot more emotional. I was at that time um, away from taking a sabbatical from university and it gave me sort of the chance to go back. I felt strong enough to go back and finish mm. my degree. So I'm there doing a degree in physics, um, mm. like Matt, and finishing that off. And then what I did after that was I put my faith and science kind of in two separate boxes. Oh, right. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and kind of did that thing of I had my university and then I had my work mm. um, and then I had my church on Sunday. And, yeah. and, you know, overall, I was an all right person, perhaps, uh, you know, you know, a 
try to do nice things and what have you. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and then I met Matt, and uh, I had a crush on Matt for a really long time. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's all gone Hallmark film here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, eventually um, we went on a date mm-hmm. and, you know, sort of started dating and then you started asking me questions about my faith and and in particular kind of things like some what about genesis what about evolution mm, you know all yeah. this stuff that we talk about how can about. a physicist you know tell me some of the questions started with that no matt doesn't strike me like that he seems a nice bloke actually cheers <laughs> how can a credible physicist even begin to believe yeah but it was it was like that but in a nice way wasn't it yeah i tried to be nice yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it i came up short in answering oh um, was, is the is the truth of it, and realised that actually this whole thing I'd done of keeping everything separate wasn't flying yeah, yeah, anymore. Yeah. So it was kind of off the back of starting that relationship with you. Oh, I broke up with the other guy, by the way. I, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, all the list, all the listeners were thinking about. Yeah. I realised that Dad didn't yeah. come in. He was yeah. looking in the window, saying, "Oh, look, yeah, they're at yeah. Pizza Express." Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. So I realised at that point that. Yeah, there was something so missing. It, it and proved needed... your faith as well, in a way. Absolutely. Interestingly. So we started yeah. looking into it and, wow. you know, I started reading around and, yeah, I just found that actually, if anything, my faith was strengthened. Mm. I didn't have to put it in a box for a particular time. So good. And it's yeah. kind of helped since. So with the, with the work that I do, so what I do now is I work in a hospital like Matt, and that was how we met at work. Yeah. But I work in radiotherapy, so I work in cancer care. Wow. And part of the job is to help maintain radiotherapy machines. So I help make sure that they deliver what they should deliver. Mm. Because if a patient has too much radiation, that's sure. not great. Um, mm. It might damage, cause them a poor quality of life or even be fatal for them. Wow. So you've tried to treat, but you know, you've yeah. done something worse. Or if you don't give enough, then you've not given them something that will kill the tumour grown inside yeah, them. Yeah. You have to make sure that delivery is bang on. So that's part of my job. Yeah. And then the other part of it is actually looking at particular patients, looking at images and kind of thinking, well, where can I deliver radiation to? That's going to definitely do the best thing for their tumour and kill it, but is also going to give them a decent quality of life yeah, after yeah, because yeah. there'll be lots of things around there that if you give too much radiation to a particular organ, then, I don't know, let's take um, the prostate, for example. And the prostate's near the bladder and the rectum, it's near the hip bones if you give too much radiation to any of those things mm. you leave your patient with a really poor quality of life after sure because while so, you're killing the tumor you're going to damage those things too like it's going to damage all of the tissue that's right yeah so yeah hooray you've killed the tumor but also you know you've, mm. someone that person's not going to have a great quality of life so it's so part of my job is designing plans to deliver that radiation mm. and make sure that that person's going to go away not only with the cancer cured but with good life after Whoa. good prognosis Whoa. And this is why we study for years to make sure <laughs> you know you guys know what you're doing it's <laughs> yeah. important stuff yeah. and brilliant. so that kind of helped with i do sometimes at work sort of bring my faith in and think well you know this is a person and yeah. you know yeah. this is what you know god's given me the skills to do and kind of it comes in in that way so yeah from that moment I didn't have to put my faith in a box anymore, which felt painful at the time because I realised I came up short, but a good thing's come out of it. No, really good thing. It's a bit of a refining fire slash mm. proving of the gold. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what a lovely story. I know, super yeah. exciting. And 
you've got these amazing jobs that you now see where your faith is in those jobs, mm-hmm. but you still saw reason to set up the faith experiment outside of that. So mm. tell us that part of the story. Okay. Um, yeah. So it kind of um, it's it started with the pastor at our church, just kind of. Um, I think encouraging us because he obviously knew the journey I'd been on with um, from being a scientist to coming yeah. to faith. Uh, it, it started as a one-off. He, I think he just asked us if we'd um, basically take a service on a Sunday and just do some kind of Ooh. science and faith um, service. So we we started uh, working on that. Um, we we did that, but I think I found we couldn't do it in one session. Essentially, was mm. the uh, was the yeah. problem you we had. Do with all that. The, the relationship between science and faith in one service. I couldn't no. <laughs> well, there we are. You're human after all. Yeah. So it it started off as uh, as one uh, just one service that we for our church essentially. Mm. Um, then I think from the research we did in that, uh, almost, you know, we said, oh, we're not going to be able to cover this. We're not going to be able to cover this. So then we looked at that list of things that we said, we're not going to be able to look at that today and just thought, oh, we could do this in a session or this. Um, and we started writing more and just doing them at our church. Um, and amusingly, at one point, um, Davinda won an argument on this one that uh, I thought we could do Genesis and evolution in one session. Um, mm. uh, Davinda, right from the start, was just kind of, you, you, there's not time. You can't do that in, in 40 <laughs> minutes. It's it, You can't pull that apart. So I, I was just like, no, I definitely can. I can do it. And, and remember, then, I win all the arguments. Yes. <laughs> and then, yeah. then I started writing. And by the time, I think I, I was about halfway through writing. I was just like, yes, mm. you're right. I can't do this in one session. Before we knew it, we had seven sessions written um, and kind of trialed at our church, or some of them we trialed over Zoom, over lockdown. Mm. And then we, we kind of got the idea that we wanted to take this out to kind of the wider church because we felt we were on to something here. Um, and, you know, we felt a calling to make this available to the wider mm-hmm. church. So we yeah. wanted to try and formalise this if we could. Um, and, yeah, we've been very well supported so where we're part of the baptist church and the local uh baptist association uh provided us with a grant to kind of buy the equipment we needed right um, so and about 6.8 million wasn't it something like that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah so all <laughs> of these not exact all all of, all of these wonderful cards that we've had yeah. printed all came from that grant um Fantastic. Uh, we also were able to get some funding from eclas which is the equipping christian leadership in an age of science yeah. uh project yeah. uh, their science and congregation schemes and that's um allowed us to kind of get you know things like travel expenses so we can go around and uh go out to different churches and that's where we feel we want to go next is we want to try and take this out to churches who will wow. we hope host faith experiment sessions um for the benefit of their own members if they want to be educated in these mm. science and faith issues but then also we'd hope that they'd open the doors um because we, we know that a lot of the arguments we use would bring someone uh you know might get someone to the point of could god exist that's mm. probably about as far as we go on that particular mm. journey but if we can just remove a few barriers Very and then good. bring yeah. people into the local church where they can talk about the next steps of salvation and repentance yeah. um which are things you know we're not we're not trained ministers we're yeah. not theologians we're scientists um but we need to get people to a place where they can start to explore those issues as well that's really good and part of your journey Devinder, is of course you know posing the questions to the church and then realizing there's that's not everything it's almost some lack of satisfaction in winning that argument absolutely and things like family and community and god in amongst people is is out it's beyond 
these things? There's things, and I think that's kind of the conclusion we reach with the faith experiment, is that there are so many things that are beyond the explanatory power of science and beyond the the sort of even the brief of science. Um, And it's down to the ultimate question is, well, because science can't explain it, does it matter? Mm. Um, oh right yeah yeah, yeah yeah so i think yeah certainly i know that of that personally really good but real barriers with real people and so that's really cool fantastic yeah, yeah and i think yeah. one of the huge things that you offer as well is not just potential answers to these questions to help people think but bringing them in and giving a, com- a forum for conversation yeah and encouraging them to feel inquisitive and find that church is a place you can do that it's so mm. shocking yes it's yeah. not a lot of people's experience as well mm. um, so to, to be is. able to provide that space is really valuable yeah so speaking of people feeling inquisitive you run q a sessions as part of your workshops yes and you don't get a chance to answer all the questions no, that's right. Which you means don't. you have some spare ones that you've brought with you. Ooh. We do. Mm. We do. Okay. Shall we uh, start with a question that actually that we did answer this at the last session, but I think it was really good because I thought you gave what was a really good answer to Vindu. Oh, this. this was uh, <laughs> one of the questions. Um, is the earth flat? Yeah. Um, so don't start with yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to cut the podcast right there. <laughs> That's not where I expected that to go. (laughs) We're going to put that as an actual quote. (laughs) Context is everything, isn't it? And that's what we like to say as well. Um, So I liked answering this question um, last time and I want to answer it today because, yes, for some people there might be just a very straightforward process of just no and lots of evidence, it's round, all of it. But... I think if this was asked in earnest, this question, um, I know that there are some who feel that there might be a choice that they have to make and there's a broader idea of choosing between science and the Bible. And I guess in terms of what people might grab onto in the Bible, um, saying that the earth is flat, we talk, you know, there's imagery about the four corners of the earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, things that perhaps someone might grab onto and sort of think, well, that mm. might be saying the earth's flat. Sure, yeah. But what I would sort of say with that is, well, yes, the Bible talks about the four corners of the earth. That could imply the earth is flat. But the Bible also talks about God's throne room twice. Yeah. Um, with very, very different descriptions of God's throne room. What does mm. that mean? Does that mean mm. they're wrong, they're contradictory, or is it in fact a form of imagery? And so I think we don't necessarily have to choose in sort of science and the Bible and sort of think, well, the Bible says the four corners, science is round. I believe yeah. the Bible, I'm a good Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because actually what the Bible also says, for example, it talks about the circle of the earth yeah. in Isaiah. Um, we talk about the earth being suspended on nothing. That's mm. mentioned in the Bible too. And so, yeah, this isn't... For those who might be grappling with that pain of, do I choose science or the Bible? Yeah. I think what I want to do when I answer this question is reassure whoever might be doing that, well, no, it's, it doesn't have to be a choice here. Yeah. There's okay. ways that actually the two reconcile very well. Mm. And as I've mentioned before, lots of scientific evidence for the earth being round. Mm. Um, so, yeah, whilst, okay, mainly scientists would be like, no, of course not, the earth isn't flat, but I understand perhaps what might lead someone to ask that question yeah. and I want to reassure them that actually yeah you don't have to worry it's not going to damage your faith no, um, really good. Yeah. sort of thinking I, that the I like that there's a real integrity to because uh, the question gets banned around and laughed at 
Mm. But someone's asking the question, mm. and mm-hmm. there's an integrity to the person asking the question. And yeah. we, you know, we may. That's really important for some people because the Bible says, yeah. So really good. I'm 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 into that as a pastor. I think that's really good, and not as a pastor, of course. We um, we see the evidence and the discussion around how Pearl Harbor would have happened, um, if it was flat. And it would have had to from Japan to yes, you, you know, had yeah. to go but then some people say, but Pearl Harbor actually could have happened this way, and they move the map slightly, mm. and Japan to it, it's not far away, but Africa is split in half. So that's the challenge mm-hmm. with that there. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen that. Um, yeah. like, Has it no. just blown your mind? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You see, you see, it could happen. Look, and then you look at the ends of the map and say Africa and Africa. Yeah. Oh, what? What's happening? Yeah. Yeah, okay. so the argument just shifts, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's good though. I love your heart and integrity to the to the the questioner, questionee, questioner. Question- what do we call a person who's posed the question? The questioner. The questioner. Yeah. Yeah, the questioner. That's nice. That's great. And we talked about um, seeing the question behind the question, didn't we? On oh, that that's day. good. Mm. Yeah. Really, really good example of you doing that. Okay, mm. we're starting to run out of time because we're enjoying ourselves too much. So I think we do two more questions. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. This is a good question, and it came from a kid at the last session. Um, I say a kid, you know, sort of a teenager. What was the world like before creation? So the reason I like this kind of question is because both scientifically and in terms of my faith, I don't know. Okay. Um, In terms of where we start with science, we talk about things like the Big Bang, which um, implies this kind of moment of creation. And we don't know what went on before then. We might not be able to know. Uh, That might not be there. Um, Theologically, again, I think there's not that much information on what there was before creation. And uh, in a lot of ways, I think that quite possibly because that's not necessarily relevant Mm. to um, what the Bible is telling us because the Bible is telling us about our redemption and those important topics, not necessarily a mechanistic, this is how it all played out. Um, So it's hard to say. And and, um, so, yes, I think that the information there from both sides um, isn't there for us. So Mm. I, I don't know. Um, I think is the honest answer to that question. Mm. Um, (laughs) And I think that's okay. Um, There is still wonder and mystery at play there. Um, That's great. Yeah, I think uh, one day, one day we might know. Um, Mm. At the minute, that is something that we can't say. I don't think we can give a definitive, clear answer to. It's so refreshing to see that uh, both strands, if you like, end up Mm -hmm. at the same point of Mm. it's beyond us. Um, And uh, it stops any hierarchy appearing um which is just wonderful so actually even though you're saying i don't know it's a super valuable answer yeah i think that we're trying to be we're trying to own saying i don't know a bit more aren't yes. we because <laughs> yeah. you know well, yeah so going back to the marriage here are we yeah. oh <laughs> <laughs> what's happened with the dishwasher uh i don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah. how did that thing break oh, who's in these trainers all over the floor i i i, I don't know <laughs> Um, so last one, we better make it count. Last one for you. Okay. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. Oh, come on now. This this was a really interesting question. This this one just came up at the event uh, that you were with us at the reason we didn't uh, and uh, we didn't get time to get onto this one, which was um, there's uh, 
potentially a, uh, an issue here with the uh, biblical account of creation of all of humanity starting from two people right. uh, and their immediate yeah. uh, families um and that can you know that can result in issues around uh, inbreeding um mm-hmm. and the case study that the person mentioned um was uh, Tutankhamun um who was known mm. to have uh, from studies of the mummy to have yeah. a number of health conditions including uh, a club foot and various other health conditions that were the result of um, a couple of generations of inbreeding because the the thing at the time was to try to keep the royal bloodline pure. Um, So the question of that one was around why aren't we all struggling with these kind of genetic problems that are are as a result of that? Um, Over to you, Davinda. (laughs) (laughs) Easy. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So I guess what I, I can't, again... I'm not going to say I can give a firm answer to this, and I don't think anyone can, but I can sort of talk through and around perhaps to the more um, sort of ends of the spectrum in terms of answers. Mm. So let's say we take Genesis literally and we think and take from that that Adam and Eve were two people, essentially probably with the same DNA, Um, because of the whole thing of Eve being taken from Adam's rib. Mm. And so then what we think from that is that they had kids and their kids would have had children with each other and that essentially the human race sort of came out that way. Mm. Now, if we take that, there's one thing that we could consider, and again, this is speculation, there's Mm. no sort of scientific evidence for this, but if, if we take the Genesis account as true, then... We also know that sort of around the time of the flood and after, suddenly we have this sort of degeneration of age spans mm. that goes from several hundreds of years yeah. to, I think, of just over 100 years of Abraham and then, you know, sort of less and less as time goes on. So, it, again, like I say, this is not scientifically backed up. But if we look at Genesis, there's this idea of degeneration occurring at some point. So perhaps someone might look at that and think, well, was there... A genetic degeneration in other senses sure. perhaps this happened um and adam and eve were from the same flesh um and they bred and that was okay and their brothers you know their kids as brothers and sisters bred and that was okay too mm. but at some point something set in that shortened age spans and perhaps caused i don't know a degeneration in other senses as well which caused this genetic defect thing to come in and i'll preface it again There's no scientific evidence for it, but it's just if you want to take a literal interpretation of Genesis, that's where the thinking would have to go. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Um, And then the other side of it is whether, you know, perhaps we could take a more poetic interpretation of Genesis. Mm. Now, with that, things become very easy, perhaps too easy for some people, um, Mm. because then essentially the theology, you might even be able to get to fit around the science. You might say that Adam and Eve were Neolithic farmers who were raised in consciousness at some point in that case they don't have to be related Mm. and there's no problems at all with this genetic degeneration Mm. then you know because presumably there would be other neolithic farmers around who Mm. could um who would contribute to the gene pool so that's just taking two extremes of the argument and it's a short and probably not very satisfactory answer but (laughs) yeah yeah. but but again i think this is what we're trying to i guess do in the faith experiment we try and explore these different Mm. possible solutions uh, that people have brought um, from different sides of, um, I guess you could, you'd call it theological opinion or scientific yeah, yeah. opinion. Um, 
and try and kind of understand why people might believe in different things. And again, in, I guess it is another case where we don't necessarily even have a firm mm. answer mm. to this mm. question, but people have come up with ideas to try and explain these things. And we want to try and impart that information so that people can form their opinions on this. Oh, wow. What a question. I know, right? Wow, what an answer. <laughs> what, an a- yeah. what an ending. <laughs> and again, came from a teenager. It did. Uh, yeah. yes. All the best oh. questions come from teenagers and younger. Oh, wow. Brilliant. And they're just, they also then are able to give permission to some of the adults, aren't they, to ask more questions. So it's really great to have them involved. Mm. Absolutely. Right. Well, thank you for joining us, I think. <laughs> oh, <laughs> On yeah. that note of potential incest. <laughs> <laughs> What a note to end on. Oh, exactly. Uh, historical. <laughs> Can we just put uh, historical yeah, potential yes. interest? Yeah, okay, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We've got quite a few law- class action lawsuits coming yes. at us from this particular episode. From, from Adam and Eve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Next month, the bar is really going to fill up as we talk to the whole team behind Science and Faith in the Second City. In the meantime, if you want to find out more about the faith experiment, you can look them up in all the usual places, and I'll put some precise details in the show notes. We'd also love it if you followed Now There's a Thought on Instagram, at Now There's a Thought, which looks exactly like Now Teresa Thought, but that's just a happy coincidence. If your name is Teresa and you'd like to share your thoughts on the podcast and help us live up to our Instagram handle, please get in touch. You can message us on Instagram at Now There's a Thought or email Now There's a Thought at C3 gallery.church and those contact details are also good if your name isn't Teresa we'd love to hear from you too finally do subscribe to this podcast channel for future trips to the now there's a thought bar and rate and review this podcast it really helps us tell your friends if you enjoy the podcast but not if you don't that's no help